What's up, everybody? It is episode 16 of the Totally Biased Podcast. I am your host, Cam Preventure, and with me, as always, is Mr. Nicholas Rogers. Good to be here. We are back again for another swell podcast. I don't even know what to call it at this point. (laughs) Riveting. Riveting, yes, exactly. Uh, We have some interesting topics coming at you this week. Uh, Coming up, we have uh, a McDonald's CEO making questionable calls at the office. We also are going to talk about policing pregnant women and, of course, the weekly NFL picks update and uh, talking some football for the rest of you guys uh, during the second half of the episode. So when we come back, we're going to kick it off with some Mickey D's. We'll be right back. Let's go. Hey guys, Nick here, and I got some exciting news. Today when we were going to record, Cam asked me a question, and he was very confused about what episode it was. We've been, they've allowed <laughs> us to produce a podcast so long that Cam was like, wait, is this 15 or 16 or 17? This is episode 16. It was just an exciting moment that we were so far in, 16 episodes. Um, so far, that's only four months. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, we're doing it, and it's fun. And we thank you for everybody who's been uh, viewing. Also, I don't think the uh, beers on Sunday help either, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, just a couple guys alone with their thoughts. It's pretty scary. Uh, so this week, we're going to jump right into it. McDonald's, it's made headlines for all the wrong reasons. So first up, well, there's two things. So first up is the CEO has to step down and forced out because he's hooking up with some of the employees. Can't be doing that if your CEO turns out. Even McDonald's has standards. Speaking of their standards. Surprising. Yeah. Uh, in Iceland, I guess they don't have McDonald's. They all closed. But some guy on the last day that there was a McDonald's <laughs> went out and thought, I'm going to purchase a burger and fries. And not only did he purchase it, he kept them. And that was 10 years ago. Then he began live streaming it. And uh, it looks just like soggy McDonald's, but it, it looks exactly how it was when he bought it. It hasn't molded or anything. Okay, well, it doesn't look exactly like he bought it. It's grayed and looks faded and soggy. The fries do not look good at all. Look, not that the fries look good in general, but it doesn't look it doesn't look great. It's the ten year old burger. How is it not gone like extremely bad? Like how is it not just disintegrated? How is it not mold? Yeah. <laughs> the bread's not even molding. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> yeah, this guy uh, has been live streaming it. Well, I, I, you know, Nick made a good point. It's, there wasn't live stream 10 years ago. So I guess on the 10 year anniversary, he started a live stream for it so people can watch it. And I, I'm sure I'm sure this guy is making stupid money on a 10 year old hamburger and fries. <laughs> and the, no, but the fries, they look like just the fries you find in your car that you yeah. drop. Um, so this raises a lot of health concerns about preservatives in our food, and it's 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 disheartening because I'm almost at the point where I can deny it no longer. McDonald's might not be healthy. Oh, you're just coming <laughs> to that realization. It, it's so like just seeing that just makes my heart ache because fast food sometimes I'm just craving a Big Mac. You know, I'm it's just so good. Craving, I'm just craving a McChicken. Give me a McDouble with some Mac sauce. Like, mm, that's a bummer. Like, yeah. that's a bummer that I could just keep that on my dresser for 10 years and it looked the exact same that I just, when I just bought it. Do you think you could eat it? Now? After 10 years? Yeah. 
I, you better eat it on a toilet or near a toilet because <laughs> it's, it's not going to be in your system long. Three, two, no. <laughs> um, I, no, there's no way. It It's a little alarming that, I mean, so it's all about perspective. In the psych world, as we're learning, it's all about reframing. Re, you got to reframe things. So you can look at the pessimistic side as like, oh, no, we eat this and it doesn't go bad ever. Or in the event of nuclear holocaust on the earth, oh my God. go to McDonald's. Go to McDonald's, get your burgers. They're going to be fine for years to come. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. Everybody and their mother is going to have that idea as soon as the apocalypse hits. So by the time we get there, there's going to be nothing. Yeah, there's so many McDonald's in the U.S. There's one every 10 miles. Listen. Not in Iceland. If, if, <laughs> if, if you're in Iceland, the perishables are in limited supply. <laughs> if there's a nuclear holocaust, you're done in Iceland. There's no chance of survival. You your, don't have fast food. Your government is regulating your health. Oh my gosh, where's the freedom? Seriously. So uh, that that's part one. And then part two is a serious thing. CEO mm -hmm. taking advantage of his position, hooking up with the ladies. I assume it was the ladies and not the men, but it's 2019. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm not a perfect human being. I've done a couple things with co-workers at work before. Uh, it's frowned upon. You know, everybody has a policy on it. The CEO, though, like, come on, that's a big, it's a big red flag. That's a big no-no. Um, props for stepping down, though, and taking initiative and being like, I made a mistake. This I think is what happened. Got, I think you got forced out. By who? He's the CEO. By the, like, the, the board. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah, well, good on the board for uh, forcing him out. Um, I don't even know what the total value is of McDonald's, but... Uh, he doesn't need the money, so he's probably fine. He was there for a few years. I'm sure he's doing all set. Yeah. Um, just classic people getting their positions or taking power. What I learned in psych and my ethics courses, under no circumstance do you hook up with clients. When I was in corrections. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> when I was in corrections, we had to every day at the end of our training say, I will not have sex with inmates. Hey, Cam, you work in, uh, at a psych hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, what is their policy on having sex with patients? Uh, turns out you're not allowed to have sex with patients. Oh, that's weird and expected. Yes. Um, However, it has happened. There are a couple cases <laughs> where... Hopefully uh, not with you. No, not with me, luckily. <laughs> Let this be clear. I have not slept with any patients at the psych hospital. <laughs> However, there are... Uh, I, I have heard a couple stories of a few um, staff members who got a little frisky with uh, with patients... Um, which, uh, yeah, well, yeah, I don't, I'll never understand it. Why these people in these positions where they just say, this is the forbidden fruit. Don't eat this one fruit. You can have sex with anybody you want. Just don't do it with your employees. And inevitably, maybe it's just like a God complex. Like I'm in charge of McDonald's. I don't know. Yeah. It's a weird power it's play. A, <laughs> I mean, you know, how many times have we seen though? Like just. By, by men in particular, I'm sure in some jobs or instances, uh, women have done the same thing, but it's increasingly just throwing men under the bus when it comes to power. Men just love the power. They want all of it. They want control. They want the decisions to go through them. They want to show the strength. I don't even know what it is, but like, it's just, it, you know, there seems to be a story once or twice a month where someone else has abused their power and, and role in whatever job or company they own. That's crazy. Yeah. 
So I'm derailing a little bit, mm-hmm. and I'm about to bring something up that you didn't know was coming. Oh, God. Um, so did you hear about the congresswoman who had to step down because she had nudes leaked? No. Okay. Um, co- I'll, I'll Google it. Just What's her name? Uh, I don't know. Just write, congresswoman has to step down because of nudes. And I'll, I'll fill you guys in if you haven't heard about it. This was crazy. So it's millennials are coming to Congress and po- politics in droves. I did. I think I did hear. About yeah, this. like this Kate, was Kitty Hill. Yes. Yes. I wanted to say it was Hill. Um, and so the problem with millennials is we're the ones who grew up with cell phones and sending nudes to people. Uh, something like just over half of millennials have sent nudes or something like that at one point or another. Um, the problem is people don't always delete them, and I guess um, this woman was in a weird open relationship. People were hooking up. Her husband, like, it's like she's married. Yeah, or, well, soon to be ex-husband. They were all cool with the open relationship, but then she started cheating on him with a staffer. Speaking of yes. this, this is what yes. jogged my thing. And yes. anyway, so he leaked the nude photographs of her, and the, the primary reason she had to step down was because of the nude photographs, not hooking up with the staffer, which I guess in Congress is like weird rules around it. Um, so he he posted the nudes because she was cheating on him. Correct, with that staffer. But they also had an open relationship. That was consensual. Correct. Um, but I don't think the staffer was involved. I think it was a different person. Okay. And okay. so then she cheated on him without saying, hey, I'm hooking up with this person. And she's pretty hot. <laughs> I get it. Sheesh. She is. Uh, um, my whole thing is, listen, we have a president who's on recording saying he's grabbing women by the, you know, the vagina. And yet this person gets nude photographs and that's why she has to step down. Don't get me wrong. She brought up the good point that like she's pretty scared that more are going to get leaked. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Um, not a good position to be in. Listen, and, if she has a hot bod, why does she care? What does she care? Let she's let a congresswoman. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Come on. Um, so, thoughts on this? Um, Should she have stepped down? <sighs> Listen. This is, this is like... What I'm hearing is an open relationship that was consensual with a party and then also something else that's completely different that she was supposedly cheating. So if it's an open relationship, granted, I'm I'm sure there are rules, right? There's got to be rules in that situation. You've got to be open with your partner and your husband in this case or soon-to-be ex-husband, as as this article says. (laughs) Uh, USA Today, soon-to-be ex-husband. But also... I don't know if it was on the daily. I listened to the daily, which is a, a, polit, uh, a political podcast that just gives you a snippet of like the most important story every day. It's like 25 minutes. Um, that's what I use just to get ca- caught up kind of, I think. so not only did, um, did, you know, she have this affair with a staffer that her husband found out about, but also her husband like wasn't supportive of her like bills and like beliefs uh, as far as politics are concerned. Oh. So he used it as well as like something to get her out of office because he didn't want her to continue with some like re- legislation bill or something. It's like a double-edged sword almost. She got caught for cheating and then also her husband doesn't like what she's promoting in Congress. So he was like, you know what? Blast I, it. And so I don't know. If I That's I'm trying to I'm trying to come up with the with the with the uh, with, with all the facts. So my my, but, my question to you right now is millennials are going in droves. This is going to be a regular thing. Everybody mark my words. This is politician number one. In the next decade, 
leaks of politician and nude photographs are going to come in droves, celebrities uh, from when they were in high school. This is happening. Get ready for the fappening, but on a, like a regular level. Um, so this was, this was, what do you think Snapchat is? There's some creeps behind this, the Snapchat app, just collecting all of these Snapchats that people send to each other. Cause you sign that agreement. You click accept when you friggin' sign on to Snapchat and somebody's got this huge spank bank of just literally <laughs> just these naked photos from Snapchat that are on Snapchat. Um, wait, so I got a question. Yeah. So this, this husband did it out of spite revenge. It was malicious. Yeah. Is it illegal? Well, not is it illegal. Should it be illegal? And if so, what should the punishment be? Should it be illegal for what? To blackmail? No, no, he didn't blackmail. He just sent to a news source nude photographs. Like if someone sends you nude photographs, well, how do we stipulate this? Is is it something we can manage? Well, no, we. I don't think we can manage this because people, well, there, everybody has nudes. Like people are going. But if it was a crime, right? So say you had to do like six months in prison. All of a sudden, I think a lot less nudes come out. Oh, well, yeah, well, yeah, a lot less nudes come out at the same time. Oh, man, it, this is difficult because it's like you, you like that. That's her husband. Like you want to trust that person, right? Like you obviously trust them to some degree. So you trust them with pictures of yourself. Same with, you know, a significant other, a boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Um, listen, you're making the decision to send nude photographs to an individual, another individual. I don't care who it is. You're running the risk of them uh, mass emailing them, sending them to a news source or, or whatever. Um, I no, I don't. I don't think people should be criminalized for that. So, go ahead, go ahead. No, I, I'm just like thinking out loud. I don't think people should be criminalized for that. Like you know what you're doing. I know plenty of people. Trust me. I'm 28. I'm still single. I've asked for nudes a lot. I have. I know a, a lot of people that are just like, nope, I'll never send news. I've never sent them. I'll never send them. That I just don't do it. I don't want the risk. I'm not running the risk. Like I trust you, but nope, I'm just not doing it. Like you have made a conscious decision to send this content to someone. It like you got to have some self control here, people. Yeah, I have to. I have to agree with you in in a sense. And so here, my whole explanation: one, there's overcrowding in prisons. And to go to jail for sharing yes. nude photographs yes. of another we still adult. have room for them. Like, <laughs> sure. Like, we could talk about, should there be a fine or some sort of, you know, I don't know. But uh, going to jail is a stupid, stupid thing. Um, instead, I think there's, um, you know, we need to talk about the idea that when you send somebody these photographs, you're gifting them a gift. Mm-hmm. It is what, like, you're like, here, I'm giving you these photos as if you would give them any other photos. Mm-hmm. The fact that they're obscene is your decision. Um, I think it's difficult when someone betrays your trust. It's got to be similar to, like, you know, an affair or something. It's it's not good. But then I think we need to start education at a younger age about these countless examples of these photographs leaking to let younger kids know. Um, because I think that's... The consequences and, yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I think the millennials, it's a lost generation. Like, you're either yeah. going to send nudes or you're not. What if we flip it and say, hey, wait a minute. You were the trusted party in this. Uh, why, you know, like, um, you should face some consequences for leaking these nudes because you're being a D-bag. Well, you're, so like, you're, you're being a jerk, you know? Yeah, and so if there's blackmail, that's one thing. But, for instance, you gave me an Antonio Brown jersey. If I chose to burn that, 
it's you gave that to me. It's my choice to do whatever I want with it, even though you spent your money that you worked for. Likewise, if you make me something and I get rid of it, if you if you give me a picture of me and you together at you know your wedding in the future and I mm-hmm. burn it, like or I distribute it online, that's my choice to do what I want with it because you gave it to me. The difficult thing is it's nude. I think when it's malicious and blackmail, I think then we get into some criminality. Mm-hmm. But this guy just sent it to a news source and was like, "Hey, here's some pictures of Katie Hill if you're bored." Yeah, which is brutal. Um, yeah, that's why. Kids, if, if you're listening, mo, mo, you know, millennials that look to have a career, if you're 20-something and looking to have a career in anything, don't send nudes. Come on. You're, yeah. you're, you're better than that. Listen, dating apps and meeting somebody through a screen are all the rage now. I get it. Uh, but come on. you Be smarter than that. Have some respect for your body and for yourself. Don't send nudes. And my goodness, you really got to trust the person. I, I just... It's that sucks. She just lost her career over nude photo. She actually lost it because she broke congressional code about hooking up with a staffer. Yes. What got us on this was the McDonald's guy hooking up with a staffer <laughs> and people in positions just abuse their power. It's like the forbidden fruit. I want it. Um, so I didn't mean to derail the conversation so much. One, one last point though. Like if you're a staffer and the CEO comes on to you, honestly, like some people will see that as hot too. It's like, Oh man, it's the CEO. Like, you know, whether they think it's a job opportunity or not, maybe if they get in bed with the CEO, but like at the same time, it's like forbidden. It's not supposed to happen. It's exciting, you know? So yeah, I think the, the other side, th- there is an argument for the, the other side as well, but. And I mean, at the end of the day, we're all humans that if like someone's a CEO and a smoke show walks in and I'm talking either gender, either, or same genders, whatever. I'm just saying someone walks in and you're very much attracted to them and they're like, yo, you're single. I'm single. Let's just do, you know, what mammals do. It's really difficult to say no. It's built within us to do that. Very difficult. Um, (laughs) Anyway, so. All right, moving on. uh, You want to introduce the next one? Yeah. So in school, we uh, were presented uh, a case that some states are criminalizing substance abuse uh, while women are pregnant. And so. This there's some arguments for and against it, but essentially, if a woman's using any sort of illicit drugs or uh, alcohol abuse, she's getting charged with like child endangerment, uh, abuse and neglect, stuff like that, intentional harm to a child, stuff, uh, a bunch of things like that. And so, Cheaper was like, "What are we going to talk about tonight?" And I said, "You know what? This was a really engaging conversation. Is what do we do when someone's pregnant and they're in charge of a child in their belly? Right? It's their body to do what they want." Mm-hmm. But what do you do when it has direct consequences to a human life? Like if you're choosing to have the child, mm-hmm. um, you're caught like it's not their choice to have fetal alcohol syndrome. You shouldn't get that choice. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're going to have the baby. Right. And so this is like we're taking abortion off the table. This is just the assumption that they want to have the baby. Um, and if you make that decision, you know, now the government's stepping in, governing what exactly you can and cannot put in your body. Yes. Uh, I believe that. Um women should not be criminalized for using drugs while pregnant. Um, and, but, and I'll tell you what. Um, so for me, this comes down to a more um, kind of societal, uh, you know, bias and reasoning because, you know, this, I think that if America as a whole had a better support system and better services for people who are addicts, for people who, 
um, you know, need the support as far as drug and, and alcohol use or whatever, I feel that, um, you know, they should have this ne the, ne the necessary supports and stuff and confidence to go to a clinic or go to a therapist or go to, you know, some sort of business practice where they can receive help and be like, hey, listen, uh, I'm going to be a single mom. This is, you know, what I'm going through. Uh, I need some support and resources to go through this pregnancy because I want to have this baby and I want to make sure that I'm doing the, right, the, the best thing for my child. Because on the flip side, if you do criminalize these women for uh, using drugs and alcohol while uh, being pregnant, it's like a double-edged sword. It's like you separate the mother from, or yeah, you separate the mother from the child that automatically puts the child at a disadvantage when it's born and grown up no support system, you know, and it could be a burden on society, right? If right. it's like, mm -hmm. because of your substance abuse, there's a neurodevelopmental disorder. Yep. Uh, it's, it's no bueno. Exactly. And then on the other side, you know, that mother either gets imprisoned or is forever in, uh, kind of that cycle and could ruin her life. Um, or if you don't and you don't have the support and resources for this woman with, uh, you know, with a, a baby, then at the same time, the child's ultimately going to have some deficiencies and, and problems. And then that puts the single mom or the parents, uh, you know, behind in their lives just because they have to spend additional money and resources on their child and help themselves. So it's like a double-edged sword, like, you, you know, what's one or the other. And it's, it's really hard to, you know, come up with a black and white answer. But, but what do we do? I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I do not think we should cr criminalize these women. Okay, I disagree with you, and okay. I think that's a stupid opinion. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> so those who agree with him that we shouldn't be criminalizing the abuse of children grown in the womb that are chosen to be had. I, like, there's an important, important thing when you're building this argument that it's like they are, they are choosing to have the children. Um, if you make that choice and you're going to poison them, that's a problem. Now, when I say we should criminalize them because everyone just got pissed off, they're like, you're going to tell me what I can and can't do in my body? Yes and no. So um, with criminalizing, I don't think that they should go to jail. I don't think we should incarcerate them. But I think um, the one study would find with heroin use is something that like you shouldn't take them off opiates, which you can talk about that. But instead, they should have um, mandatory rehab till the baby's born. Um, and so then after that, we can talk about things because the mom won't necessarily lose the kid for this either. I just think if we know that it's happening. Yeah, but, but then you, yeah, but you, you when, a, when a kid is born, you're automatically, you're automatically uh, not being able to provide for them regularly if the mom or dad's in rehab and all that crap. You know what I mean? Like, no, you won't lose custody. But at the same time, it's like you're still battling. Well, yeah, so you know I mean? you're never going to arrest your way. So I think like a mandatory rehab, because most moms want to be good moms, right? Of no course, no yeah. one's ever like, I want to be a drug addict mom and not be there for my kids. And of course, we're making no. the poor assumption that there's not two parents in the situation. Right. Uh, I think forcing, so also if you criminalize, no records. I think that's really important because that mm -hmm. makes it so the mom can't get the job. Sure. And now I'm starting to build uh, a dream, a dream, you know. S scenario. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but, like, if you give them rehab, um, even if it's forced, you, you preserve the baby's health. Um, if they choose to still want the baby, you preserve the baby's health. 
But then you give the mom to this opportunity of a community who everybody's trying to are being forced to have sobriety together. Um, and hopefully, even even if it only helps like 25% of moms that they maintain sobriety, that's 25% of moms that it's helping. Um, and then if you have a baby, then you still want to use, that's, that's a choice. Um, not a good choice. But I think at some point we do have to look at you know, what are the odds if they're using opiates, Valium, Vicodin, mm-hmm. um, and just being abusive? It's, are we concerned? We got to be concerned about the baby in this situation. Um, but I'm not even a pro proponent of taking the baby away because who's going to be a better mom than the actual one who birthed it? Mm-hmm. Um, you can argue with me on that, but uh, usually those are the people who care most. So I guess to say like criminalizing would be no, but if you have a substance abuse issue, man- mandatory rehab would be what i was thinking so i might have yeah warped that sorry no no that's fine i mean you know uh what what are the states that have it right now tennessee there's a few tennessee alabama no Uh, (laughs) no alabama would be reckless they'd be i'd kill them yeah kill everybody um i would say all i know is tennessee for sure there's there's a few yeah well so right now in tennessee that um uh that does um, charge women with uh, risk. What is it? Risk, uh, risk endangerment. Something like that. Yeah. Um, I mean that it, it, their Tennessee is now showing that women just aren't going to the doctors while they're pregnant because they're scared that they're going to get tested and then boom, you know. Which I get that. You know. Oh well, so that's, you, that's risky. I think yeah. So there's a lot wrong there. Mandatory like drug testing mm-hmm. on pregnant women. That's not cool. Um, I think my dream scenario is just that the people who want to get help to have that resource there. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you commit to it, you can't walk away from it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. It's difficult because there's like the adult who is like, it's your choice to do whatever you want. Um, and I don't want to take that away from you. And then it's just like, but then again, if the baby has serious health problems, you can't take care of it. It becomes society's burden. And there's a, there's a lot of stuff that goes in. I don't know. Right now you said it before we, we were talking about this a little before, but you said, what we need is not established yet. And I got to agree right. with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The dream scenario is too expensive and we just don't have the infrastructure yet. Yeah. This, uh, this article that we've been talking about and kind of quoting is uh, from Amnesty International. If you're interested in looking up the article, it's called criminalizing pregnancy, uh, policing pregnant women who use drugs in the USA. Uh, and so um, to directly quote the article, um, it says uh, drug dependence is a health condition, but U.S. authorities uh, are treating it as a crime, failing to ensure treatment is available for pregnant women and then punishing them for their ongoing condition, which is what we kind of just talked yeah. about. It's not um, good. These harsh and discriminatory laws are making pregnancy more dangerous and trampling on human rights in the process. Um, and so uh, a woman was quoted in the, in the article saying, in my town, I was worried about going to, to the doctor because if you test positive for drugs, bam, you're slapped with a chemical endangerment charge um, which is ridiculous so like in maine uh when i was in school in my undergrad one of my professors said the most wise thing he goes you're never going to arrest your way out of a drug problem you can't force people to have sobriety like you can temporarily but you're not giving them coping skills you're not giving them the community right. you're not giving them a way out instead you're giving them you're giving them a record so they can't get jobs you're making it so difficult you're, you're just creating more barriers um which then cause homelessness which create even more barriers when the whole point is like try to get people out of their it's i mean if you look at the dsm which is the the psych manual for diagnosing mental illness addiction's in there 
I just went on a tangent. Yeah, no, the, <laughs> this the same woman who just said that um, she was worried about going to the doctor described how she subsequently spent months trying to find drug dependence treatment, but was unable to find any available service that would accept her insurance. Treatment costs are greater than $4,500 per year in Tennessee. $4,500? Yes. You mean 1000 No. $4,500 per year in Tennessee. That's that, what it says. That's not that expensive. I know. But like... That's, I mean, that's not outrageous, but that, but for a single mom that yeah. needs to, you know what I mean? Like that's still. You got other priorities. Right. And so I, yeah, it doesn't say, you know, what. Uh, Maybe a day. Is it a year? I, yeah. It says per year. I don't know. But anyway, so <laughs> Tennessee has these, um, you know, chemical engagement charges and then, you know, it makes it difficult to find treatment plans and, um, you know, who knows what their, what their regulations are as far as, um admittance and you know what they you know what they have to be dependent of and all that i'm sure it's different based on what they're um what they're taking but um yeah i mean it's 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 not bad but it's not great i think the big problem right now is we're just not doing anything about it right so i called your idea stupid because it just like kind of fell where we're at now it's like we got a big problem uh and the solution in tennessee was to start giving people criminal records tennessee you're stupid um Anyway, luckily we don't have any viewers from Tennessee yet. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, I guess we don't know that. We'll do it. I guess we can look at our data. But anyways, um, so Alabama and Tennessee are the two states that actually have it right now. Um, and a direct quote from uh, from uh, another official is like, yeah, all, all hospitals have different rules. A lot of it is random. It's not a real system because mm-hmm. there's only a few states mm-hmm. we're we're kind of random here and the fact that they're just kind of, they're just kind of rolling with the punches and just kind of going with it even the system is confused yeah they said the the vast majority of women charged under the Alabama and Tennessee laws are are unable to afford lawyers to represent them and have been targeted because they are poor i totally think that these these kind of laws do target people mm-hmm. with addiction mental illness and uh, who live in poverty now if our viewers cameron would like to weigh in on this and tell me I'm stupid because of my harsh opinions, or you're stupid. Yes, they are. Um, where, how can they? How can they? Uh... Yeah, please follow us Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Real TV Podcast, and email us at realtvpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts and comments about uh, these first two segments. Uh, and so, coming up next, we have some NFL talk and picks update. We will be right back. Yeah, always talking about the real stuff. <laughs> Welcome back to the second half of the episode of episode 1-6 of the Totally Biased Podcast. I am starting off this segment. So, Nicholas, what does that mean? That means... I lost ground this week. He did. I won the picks this week. However, not enough to tie or take the lead, but I am uh, inching closer to uh, Nicholas's record here. So um, after week, what is this? Week nine, um, minus the Monday night game tomorrow, Nick is 88, 45, and one, and I am 87, 46, and one. And we both have the same game tomorrow night so that means this week i'm still up by one yep to everybody who's been supporting me all the letters all the calls 
all the emails. I can't thank you enough. We're still winning this. Yes. So okay. uh, Nick is up by one. I gained one on him this week. Uh, and so now for uh, week 10. Oh, uh, did you want to discuss the Sunday night game before we go into our picks? Or do you want to do our picks first? We'll do the picks and then we'll talk okay. about some this week's football. Okay, cool. Well, we'll, we'll go a little bit quicker here. So um, uh, for week 10, we have five games different. Um, this has been the most, I think, since like week one or two. Um, so in week 10, we pick the same games except these five that we're going to discuss. So we don't, we, we don't, um, kind of repeat ourselves with the same picks. So the first game that we have different in week 10, we have the, uh, LA chargers at four and five going to the Oakland Raiders at four and four right now. It is even, it is a pick them for this game in Oakland, uh, you picked the Chargers. I, no, you picked, I picked Chargers. the Chargers. I picked you picked the Raiders. Why did you pick the Raiders? Uh, the home team. Okay, moving on. I picked the Chargers. <laughs> I picked the Chargers um, to go into Oakland and win because they looked like a completely different team today at home against Green Bay. Um, Green Bay only put up eleven points. Um, they even got Devontae Adams back. At, uh, Aaron Jones had been a stud the last couple weeks. Um, and for them to only put up 11 points was astonishing to me. So it looks like um, the Chargers are turning around their season a little bit. They've, they've, they've strung some wins together here um, and held one, one of the league's best offenses to only 11 points. Uh, so I think the Chargers are on the mend here, if you will, and um, ready to uh, take on the Raiders. I, although, you know, the Raiders, I freaking love Josh Jacobs. So it was, it was if a, you're with me. Yeah. It was a tough one to pick against, um, but um, I think that the Chargers go into the black hole and win. Yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, the second game we have different is uh, the Arizona Cardinals and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Why did you pick uh, Arizona? Well, where's the game? In Tampa Bay. That's a great question. Um, I'm glad, I'm glad <laughs> I'll speak to that now. Um, that's how you do any interview question. If you guys are wondering, well, I can speak to that as you formulate your answer. Uh, I'll tell you what the Cardinals have gotten better and better. Kyler Murray is starting to show signs of being what I would consider a competent quarterback. I think the pieces are getting there together and I don't think the bucks, I just don't, they're, they don't, they come either, they're either hot or they're not on weeks. And I don't trust um, Jameis Winston to, to come through. I think uh, Kyler Murray has shown that he he can he can ball when he needs to ball, and I think this will be a situation where he uh, he gives gives a W. Okay, yeah, I picked uh, Tampa Bay because they played Seattle to overtime today. Um, Jameis Winston threw for three hundred thirty five yards, two touchdowns. Um, you know, uh, they seem to be you know Mike Evans doing Mike Evans things. Um, Ronald Jones, uh, seems to, um, you know, be a little bit more patient with the ball and has been a little bit better. He had six, 67 yards and a touchdown today. So, um, uh, Tampa Bay stuck right with Seattle until the very end. Um, and so I think that they control the tempo and will be able to stimmy the, uh, the, um, Cardinals offense in week 10. Listen, Jameis Winston has only thrown for 2,400 yards this season. Oh, that's pretty average. Um, but 16 tutties to 12 interceptions. He's going to cost him the game. 
I mean, you would have think going to Seattle would have been the case, but Russell Wilson just drove down in, in OT. It was a coin toss, Brett. Yeah, I mean, it's it's he played the best game of his season, so yeah, he's coming around. That's not true. He threw four touchdowns one game, but anyway. <laughs> All right, what's the next game? Moving uh, on. We got the Steelers. I think the Rams go to the Steelers, or did the Steelers go to the Rams? The Rams go to the Steelers, and you picked Pittsburgh because you're a homer. Go ahead. Wow. That's true. That just sounds offensive. Remember last week, guys, how I said this is a false sense of security? Here he goes. You're activating me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, So don't get me wrong. The Rams look like a good team, and probably on paper they're going to win. But you got to come to Heinz Field, give some credit where – Credits do. I don't think most people come in and perform well. I think Mason Rudolph has now shown. Now that we get the Rudolph back, I'm not saying we're going to the Super Bowl yet, but we have won the yes. last. We've won the last three in a row with two different quarterbacks. Mason Rudolph can protect the ball. He's pretty smart with it. He may he got like sacked today, and there was a forced fumble there. But for the most part, he's not doing stupid throws unless he has to air it out. But I think we've got enough to to squeak one by. Similar. To to today as long as we don't shoot ourselves in the foot and our, our defense is not getting enough credit for whatever reason in the nfl and we have the number one offensive line i think yeah. with those things that we can at least put up a fight and so i felt comfortable going with my boys in the yellow and gold uh just kind of two words for me by by week they had two weeks to prepare um you know rams are getting healthy um you know golf has won his last two games they scored 20 or more, or they just, they well, they scored 20 or more points in every game but one this year. So they're, they're putting up points. Um, I think that, uh, you know, Goff and company, I think there's, they, 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 they just have too many weapons. They go, you know, they can run the ball, they can pass the ball, they can play D. Um, you know, Goff is at 2,300 yards on the season, you know, 11 and 7 uh, TD to pick ratio is definitely. Not good, considering Mason Rudolph is nine and three. It's pretty similar, but, and he's played like two or three less games than than Goff. Yeah, yeah. Goff has had some pretty crappy games, but um, uh, I just think uh, coming off the bye week, uh, McVay is hard to beat. Uh, so mm-hmm. that, what if we do beat the Rams somehow? Yeah, do we start considering like the Steelers are going wild card? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think you consider the wild card right now. I mean, the AFC is a joke. It's pretty bad. It's, I mean, when it's not you have. Good time to be in the AFC. Yeah, you when suck. you have Oakland. Uh, Oakland, what am I saying? When you have Buffalo and Indianapolis as the five and six seeds, and Indianapolis lost Brissett today. Didn't seem, didn't look serious, but he was out the rest of the game. Don't know if he'll be back next week. They put a Buffalo, brace on it. Buffalo looks good, and then they get blown out by the Eagles two weeks ago. You know, like, I, I don't really know what team. Buffalo is yet. I don't think they really know. And so um, I think those two spots are up for grabs. You know, um, Pittsburgh, Oakland, and Jacksonville, believe it or not, are all within two games of the wild card right now. So um, that'll be interesting to see how that kind of plays out, especially when Nick Foles comes back too for the Jags. Yeah, I thought um, it was going to be this week. Is it next week? Uh, yeah, I don't know. So uh, yeah, the Steelers are a game out right now. They could so, easily get that six seed, but there's still half the, the season left. The false sense of security, making the playoffs is a false sense of security. We are not going to go deep in the playoffs. This is just like, oh, sweet. We made the playoffs yeah. on a year we shouldn't have. Exactly. All right, next game. Um, Vikes at Dallas. Is that correct? 
It is Vikings at Dallas Sunday night game next week. Yep. I went Vikes. You went Dallas. Talk to me. Uh, well, we haven't seen Dallas yet this week. They play tomorrow night on Monday Night Football. Um, I picked Dallas. Dallas is great at home. Um, uh, Amari Cooper and Zeke Elliott have been uh, going as the Cowboys go. Um, the Dallas D recently has kind of been like off and on. They've they've um, they like played well and they've played crappy. Um, they've you know they they had a three game losing streak. New Orleans. Green Bay and the Jets. The Jets was a real weird one. The Jets have been terrible this year. Their only win has been against Dallas. Um, but um, uh, I, I like Dak and Dak and company um, to get going this week uh, and Zeke or next week, I should say, uh, and uh, Zeke to be able to thrash that Minnesota tough D. Why did you pick Minnesota? Kirk Cousins. I'm back on the Kirk Cousins train. If you've been following us all season long. I've been all over the place, but me and Kirk, I believe in Captain Kirk. He's captain of the Starship Enterprise, also known as the Minnesota Vikings. In the last five weeks since the start of October, he is 13-1 TD to interception ratio. Holy Toledo, yes. And then he's thrown for like 1,400 yards. This guy is on right now. Him, him and his team are clicking. He doesn't have Adam Thielen, and he's still doing it. Uh, I know that they lost today. But I, uh, I think the Chiefs. Okay, actually, it was it was a surprise today. But <laughs> uh, I was shocked. Um, Dalvin Cook should have been doing more Dalvin Cookie things, I guess. But uh, I don't know. Dallas, I was so sure on when they were three and one, but all of a sudden, whatever they are, four and four. Roadblock. They'll be back. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll see. They're Good. gonna get back on track tomorrow night against the freaking Giants at below. <clears throat> well, I sure hope so. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I just – my gut's telling me Kirk Cousins. All right. Last uh, game we have different next week is the Seattle Seahawks at the San Francisco 49ers. The 8-0, the only undefeated team left in the NFL, San Francisco 49ers. Why did you pick San Francisco? I picked the Hawks. Uh, home team. Okay. And you can't deny right now – okay, so San Francisco – you don't hear people talking about their defense for whatever. I think it's because the Pats, their defense is so transcendent minus tonight. Uh, but the 49ers have a really good defense. They are the fastest team in the league and they're really clicking now. Like the last few weeks mm-hmm. look a lot different than the start Especially of the season. Sanders. Yo, and I forgot Sanders. I didn't even freaking factor him in. I won't lie though. The Hawks look unstoppable at times. They, they have at times I think like a deep, like uh, a deep playoff team. But the 49ers haven't given me a reason to think that Coach Kyle Shanahan can't figure out how to stop something. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like, you know, the Pats trust Belichick, I'm going to trust Shanahan on this, that uh, he's going to be able to handle the Hawks. I mean, that's his divisional opponent. And I think divisional opponents uh, are treated differently than out of division. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you agree with that. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's what I'm going with. If the Hawks win, I'm not going to be shocked. Russell Wilson uh, – We'll probably be talking about this next week about the MVP candidates and what sure. who we'd select. Uh, Russ, I'm sure, will be in that conversation. And so, yeah, uh, I picked the Seattle Seahawks uh, to go into San Francisco and beat them because of again a two word answer: Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson now has a 22 to one touchdown to interception ratio. He has 22 to one. He has over 2,500 yards. Holy he, he he threw five today. Wow. 
He's unstoppable. Exactly. He is going to go into San Fran and do what Russell Wilson has been doing all season long. Uh, yes, that San Francisco D is good. However, they have not seen a team like Seattle. They almost lost to Arizona this week on Thursday Night Football. Uh, I believe that this is where they get their first loss of the season. For the San Francisco D, um, they allow uh, 29 – or no, they uh, – points – Per game, they're scoring 29.4, which is great. The Hawks are scoring 26, pretty similar. Points allowed per game, Seattle D, 24.5. San Francisco D, 12.8. Ooh. So that's good. Or that's good for the, the Niners. Total yards, the freaking Hawks are averaging 395 yards a game. That's deep. San Francisco, 398. Wow. <laughs> Uh, this has got to be a flex game. It's got to go game of the week. And then defenses, yards allowed, 386 for the Seahawks. So their defense hasn't been great with yards allowed. San Francisco, 272. So clearly the defensive edge and the offensive numbers are actually really similar. So uh, it'll just be the the Russell uh, chess game against the San Francisco D. So we're looking forward to it. All right, let's transition into a little bit more of tonight's football. Sure. Um, so for those who don't know, the New England Patriots were delivered their first loss. Um, I watched Cam pretty much be devastated at points, <laughs> and there's no way around it. I don't blame him. Um, at The first quarter was very deflating as a fan, I have to imagine, where the Ravens scored at will. Then there was hope, and then the hope was gone um, throughout the game. So I think it's time to reassess. I think if the Niners lose, we'll have to reassess them too. But you have this, uh, what people are calling, I, I, true story, on Sports Talk Radio here, I heard an analyst say they are the most transcendent defense of all time, uh, trumping the 2000 Baltimore Ravens and the 85 Bears, which I thought was a bit much. But hard, it's, hard, it's hard to compare generations. But Correct. One was a running league. This is yeah. now a passing league. So – I just wanted to have a conversation with you. Uh, mm -hmm. Hopefully you're not like, you know, I just want to see what your perspective is and then I'll tell you you're wrong. <laughs> okay. So uh, what are your initial thoughts? Is this a one-time thing? You guys are going to correct course and just go friggin' 15 and one? Well, we, you know, uh, last year and, and this year, Lamar Jackson has been an up and coming star. And this, this just proves that he's the real deal, you know? Um, uh, you know, the first game of the season, well, all offseason, everybody was like, he can't throw, he can't throw. First game of the year, that he throws me. five touchdowns, <laughs> right? Uh, granted, that was against Miami. Like, yeah, I'll give him that. But um, uh, the bottom line is that he 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 does what is necessary to win. If the game plan is to run 35, 40, 50 times a game, which it was tonight, he did that flawlessly. If it's to pass half the time, he does that well. If it's to pass three quarters of the time, that's fine. Um, I forget. I if it was Chris Collinsworth or uh, uh, what's his name? Al Michaels. Al Michaels. I forget which one it was, but they were saying is that he, Lamar Jackson wants to be a, a pocket passer. Like in Louisville, he, there were a couple games when he didn't move at all. He just sat there and used the protection, moved with the protection, and found the open guy. So um, the fact that he's running and playing the option as well as he is, but he also strives to be a pocket passer is like deadly. The fact that he wants to work on the thing that he's not great at the yeah. most is really impressive. Um, so, listen, Baltimore had the best run game to, coming into the game. Uh, versus the number one defense. Yes, versus the number one defense in the league. Something had to give. 
Uh, and yes, the the first three three drives of the game for Baltimore, it was like Swiss cheese. The pass couldn't stop. <laughs> the pass couldn't stop a leaking faucet. They really couldn't. And then all of a sudden, the muff punt kind of changed the momentum a little bit. Pats got back into the game. Then ultimately, the Edelman fumble is what ended it. Uh, going back towards the Baltimore momentum, it was a return uh, for a touchdown, yeah. and like that was. I it. mean, the, Baltimore looked good. The Pats were driving down the field to take the lead, and that just literally was a nice puncture wound in the sail, and that just flew from the sky. Um, I think I think this just really highlighted the struggles of the Pats' offense. Because yes. the Pats' defense re- rebounded nicely. They played a great two-and-a-half, three-quarters. Uh, and um, the Pats' offense right now is just – it's the absence of the tight end. It's the absence of the running game. It's the absence of a, another key receiver besides Edelman. Although most Sanu had, what, 10 receptions today. So that was a great sign. However, um, it's uh, – it's. I think it's more of the offense than the defense. I think the defense will be fine. We know Baltimore's a really good team. Um I think it's just the offense that we are worried about, and this hasn't been a Patriot need in, I don't know, probably seven or eight years now. You know, early in the career, it was definitely a, a glaring need at certain positions for the for the Pats. But, you know, having Gronk for 10 years was nice. Um, having Moss for a handful of those. With Welker. <clears throat> excuse me, Welker as a security blanket. You know, Edelman's been the only guy that's really been consistent. Um, so with no running game and no tight end, it's going to be really hard for the Pats to put up points. And they have relied, you know, heavily on the defense the last uh, nine weeks. And it was this week that the offense couldn't outscore the defense. Um, and they, they and it showed. This this has got to be the first like time in Brady's career where the offense. I think it's always been the Patriots are like even if our defense fails at times, our offense. Tom Brady has what he needs to go and win the game. I would say this is the first time I think that we've seen in a while since the beginning. Yeah, I mean post post. Post two thousand and seven, yes. Yeah. Which <clears throat> it, sure. it's just a different look. Don't uh-huh. <clears throat> I'm not freaking out about your defense. I think your defense is still great. Like I said, I still think it's the best. De- unless you guys get shredded in the, the upcoming schedule, but uh, I guess so. Are the Ravens better than you guys? Not just on tonight, but like so. Come the playoffs, mm-hmm. um, is this a team that could go into Gillette and diminish your seventh Super Bowl ring hopes? Yeah, I mean the recipe to beating Tom Brady is a keeping him off the field and be hitting him. He was hit tonight, uh, mostly in the first half. He wasn't really touched in the second half, but in the first half he was hit and Lamar Jackson had multiple eight minute drives that like, that's, that's the recipe for uh, success. That's fundamental. Football. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, are they the scariest team to you in the AFC? Like even with a Patrick Mahomes healthy Chiefs? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Chiefs and the Ravens are close. I would give the edge to the Ravens because they have a much better defense than the Chiefs though do yeah. so <clears throat> you know the past play the chiefs in week uh 14 so mahomes will be healthy you know the defense will probably be healthier for the chiefs then and everything too so we'll get a better idea week 14 where the pats stand <clears throat> with a run and gun offense like the chiefs um but yeah i think now uh the, the afc is a three-headed monster for sure with um the chiefs and the ravens shit matt moore is freaking winning games without matt you know pat, pat Patrick Mahomes. So their defense is quietly turning up. If you guys get bored, look at the Chiefs with Mahomes and now without. Their their defense has actually answered the call as needed. They're not great, but they went from like a twenty eight or something like that to they're up to since he's been gone, they're like fifteenth or something. Something like that, yeah. Um, which 
it's very helpful when you get Patty back. Um, right. Do okay. you know when the when the past last loss was? Sometime last year. Well, yeah, but do you know when? Last September. December eighteenth. It's almost been almost a year. a year. Wow, what's that like? Not to know defeat. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> I've been living in it for a while. Um, so that's it. That's interesting. Um, so you're you got the Eagles after your bye week, right? Yep. If you lose to the Eagles, what are you thinking? I know we're what ifing. People get over it. Well, listen. There's a reason why in the regular season only two teams have ever gone undefeated in the regular season. It is very, <clears throat> very hard in the NFL, <clears throat> especially now with the refs. Um, <laughs> but <clears throat> excuse me. There's a reason why that only two teams in the regular season have gone undefeated. It is very, very hard to do. The Pats have an ungodly record of winning 10 games it's like you know 10 or 11 years in a row they've won at least 10 games <clears throat> which is ridiculous in the belgic era he's like won 10 every time yes and so um so no you know going into this year i didn't predict him to be you hey, know no, i didn't hey, no no <clears throat> and so baltimore the eagles and the cowboys are all teams um that i i've like oh in the chiefs that i've told you i was like we could lose all four we would we could win all four it's very it's very up in the air um so no, are the Pats going to win out? No, are they going to, uh, you know, lose all four? I hope not, but it's possible. If they lost all four, that'd um, be like the first time in the belt. That'd be the longest losing streak in the Belichick era. Yeah, I don't think Belichick's lost more than three in a row. In I don't era. think they will. Yeah. I just, um, yeah, I mean, I'm suspicious. And the going Eagles, into this the next... Eagles look sneakily better in the last couple of weeks too. Yes. So, um, so yeah, it wouldn't be surprising. They're going to Philly. You know, it's going to be hyped. You know, old uh, Super Bowl um, rivals and stuff. So. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. Um, but you know, Philly, and in two weeks, three weeks, it's Dallas. In four weeks, it's Houston. In five weeks, it's Mahomes. Like, we can go two and three. We can go one and four. You know, <clears throat> or whatever. So like, I, the I, Pats could easily the the you know they're they are a game up in the division and a game up as the number one overall seed in the East. They could easily lose that or be tied by the end of this four game. If the stretch. Ravens don't stop, holy crap! Yeah, I think it w- the NFL needs to wake up this week to the Ravens. Uh, I have made the joke that Lamar Jackson is a running back who can throw the ball. I know he's a quarterback who, who can also perform as a running back, I think is the more appropriate thing after tonight uh, to watch him on a more detailed, mature level. Yeah, it was surprising. I'm interested going forward. So the Patriots were very, very scary this year. Um, they're still scary. Like the Steelers would still lose to them. I'm not worried about that. Um, but I'm interested this next stretch to kind of get a what I would consider a dose of the real Patriots because they're going to burst teams with winning records as opposed to the first half of the season. Uh, so it'll be interesting. It's no different than the 49ers, right? The 49ers have had a rather easy, easy schedule in the first chunk, and now they're going into a little bit of a harder chunk. Mm-hmm. It'll just be – I'm just curious, and I just – Ravens have a tough schedule coming up too. Who do they got? So next week is Cincinnati, but they have Houston, the Rams, and San Francisco the next three weeks. Oh. Woof. <clears throat> yep. Oh, Buffalo, the, that fourth week in Buffalo, which is which will be, you know. We'll but see. It's, it's cold. Um. So at Cincinnati, win. Home against Houston. At Rams. Home against San Fran at Buffalo. So, um, you know, they have a they, they have a nice little chunk coming up as well. Uh, and then, you know, Jets, Cleveland and Pitt the last three weeks. So that'll be probably cush for them. But we'll see. So you, we go back two weeks, right? Um, this is my last question because of time. Uh, and I just want your take on this. So we go back two weeks. Me and you both 
like especially when Patty got hurt, uh, we had been like, I guess it's the Patriots, you know, conference to lose. I don't know that that's the case now that the Raven, and you know, who knows? It could be a freak thing. I don't know if it's the case for you to lose, but are you more worried now than you were then about your super, like appearing in the Super Bowl, not necessarily winning because the NFC is crazy? Um, well, given two weeks ago, the Pats were doing Pats things and Baltimore had barely beat Cincinnati. So, <clears throat> you know, back then it was a little, it was easier to be like, oh, geez, Baltimore barely beat Cincinnati. They can't even. That like they lost by six and uh, they're still 0 and 8, you know, like they still haven't won a game. And that was the closest they've come as Baltimore. Like that was kind of weird, right? But could have been junk time. I don't remember two weeks ago. But, anyways, um, no, I think it is still the pass to lose, though, because they could have had a three game lead up on Baltimore and Kansas City if they had won tonight, <clears throat> right? So now they only have one game up on that, only one game up now on the Bills in the in the division. They've been running the AFCs for 20 years. That's like, a we, weird we that. stat. It's like we're only leading by one. That's just <clears throat> Yeah. And so um and we still have a game against Buffalo, obviously. And we still have those four tough weeks co- coming up. Um but I think because of the injury to Mahomes, so they 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 lost a game with Matt Moore. Um and <clears throat> I think that yes, I think it is still the pass to lose. I don't I feel that I I guess I'm a little bit less confident now, but I'm still like confident. Like the only time we see the Ravens is going to be in the AFC title game again, you know? So <clears throat> that, or if they, if they fall down or if the Pats fall down, it could be vice versa. Scenario. Pats go in as a wild card because the Bills take the division. Is that even possible? Like, yeah, it's possible. I mean, we played the Bills again. Yeah. And it, you guys would have to suck over the next few games. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely plausible. Um, you know, it's really hard to beat Brady twice in a season. Belichick, too. <clears throat> it's almost it's nearly impossible to beat him twice in a season. Also, home field is that much bigger for the Pats, too. We're losing two in a row. You guys have done that, like, five times. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, you know, it's definitely the Pats to lose. If the Pats don't get a bye, first of all, that'll be the first time in, like, six years they don't get a bye or something like that. Yeah. And also, um, that'll like, if the Pats don't get a bye, that's almost a loss on the season which is like weird to think about, but <clears throat> the fact that the Pats have such high expectations every single year that they're supposed to be in the top two. Well, every that buy really matters to them. The stat is like they go to the Super Bowl mm-hmm. if they get the buy. If they don't get the buy, they don't make it. Right. I think that's like the stat. Mm-hmm. Um, so I appreciate you answering the questions and not just being like, no, man, this is the freaking freak thing or something like that. No, no. Because it was it – was, at first, it was alarming. Like that first quarter, I was like, "Holy crap, Ola, what is happening?" Yep. And then I got like scared of the Ravens for the next decade. It was that. It was the game of the turnovers too. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, seventeen to nothing in the first fifteen minutes, and then a turnover, and then it was seventeen to ten, seventeen to thirteen, turnover, thirty-seven to twenty. You know, like <clears throat> it was a game of the turnovers back and forth. Um, Baltimore's legit, and Lamar Jackson's really freaking good. All right. Well, that takes care of the episode 16 of the Totally Biased podcast. Again, if you want to comment, like, share, rate our podcast, uh, you can on iTunes, Spotify, Google Cast, whichever you like to give a rating on. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Real TV Podcast or email us at Real T 
podcast at gmail.com. I need to drink more water. I can't even breathe anymore. I don't know what's in my throat. Hope you all have a great week. We'll be talking to you next week. Thanks for listening. Peace out. Later.